Well, I guess that means it's me now. Good, good. Are we morning or afternoon? Just afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for the two people that just smiled. Well, God, take this stuff that I'm going to share and make it real to people. Uh, apply something in their lives to be able to change things around a little bit. That we can be more of an expression of you. And we can experience you more. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for taking this stuff and making it real. You know, as Hanny was talking about this, this is a really unusual time in our lives. I don't think any of us have been through what we're going through right now. There's COVID-19, there's quarantine and testing and deaths and reopening. And people have attitudes ranging from negative and fearful to optimistic and trying to look forward. Even the news seems to be trying to have more positive stories. Of course, after they've talked about the number of people who have died, the economic chaos, and who they should blame. Anyway, how do you think God wants us to live in these times? In Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, he had a lot to say about living in difficult times. These past few weeks, I have had my focus on just one verse. And if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to get them. I've got a couple of verses I'm going to give you, and a couple of them are pieces of stories you might want to go back and read later. So however you carry around your Bible now, get that out. And turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. For those who haven't quite got there yet, it looks like a few people are still looking. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, for everybody who wonders what God's will is for your life, here you go. Whatever else you may wish, want, believe, or hope about God's will, this one is certain. Giving thanks in all circumstances is God's will. So if you're ever sitting there saying, I don't know what God's will is, well, give thanks because you know you're going to hit it right on the mark with that one. Thankfulness is much more than saying thank you to God when he's given us things we ask for. Most of us say thanks to God for that. But I want to suggest and talk about how we can expand our understanding of giving thanks. If you don't get anything else from today, I'd like you to get this. Being thankful is basic for normal Christian living. Giving thank, being thankful and giving thanks is basic for normal Christian living. 
Now, they say you're supposed to have three-point sermons, but I've got four points today, so I guess I'm not following the rules either. But my first point is this. Being thankful is a lifestyle, not an event. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, you remember, says, give thanks in all circumstances. It's not just when we hear or receive or see God do something in our life. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, most Christians tend to see their Christian life as a series of events. I go to church, and then I have my own time. I pray in the morning, and then I'm done for the day. I maybe talk to somebody once about who Jesus is, and then I'm done. Now, there are events in our life for sure, but the Bible describes the Christian life as a lifestyle. It's something we are all the time. And God's desire for us is that we experience kingdom events many times in all circumstances throughout the day. And that includes being thankful throughout the day. Now, one other point I want to make here in this lifestyle thing is God says to give thanks in all circumstances. We are not required or expected to be thankful for all circumstances. God doesn't expect us to be thankful for being sick. Okay? And then turn around and pray for healing. That doesn't even make sense. We're not, we're not required to be thankful for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. I am thankful for my health. If I ever do get sick, and praise God that I rarely do, I give thanks not because I'm sick. I give thanks that God is my healer, and it's God's will that I am healed. I do not give thanks for COVID-19. It's a horrible virus that has killed tens of thousands of people. I give thanks that God is my protector and, if needed, my healer. If it should come to the place where I do not have a salary, I will not give thanks that I have no salary. I will give thanks that God is my provider and takes care of what I need. Christianity is a lifestyle a consistent flow of God activities and experiences, and giving thanks is a part of that consistent flow. Point two, giving thanks is an act of worship. Giving thanks is not just saying thank you. It's a part of our worship, and the Bible is filled with descriptions of thanks as an act of worship. In Psalms alone, thanks or thankfulness is mentioned over 25 times, depending on your translation. In the account of David's life, who wrote many of the Psalms, the Bible tells us he gave thanks to God consistently. Even when he was venting his feelings, feeling bad, feeling depressed, feeling rejected, he continued to be thankful. In his psalms, he always ended up with a, with a statement of thanks, even when he was having a really hard time. Everywhere in the Bible, from Jacob in a field, the dedication of the temple, to the living creatures around the throne, worship includes thankfulness. Our worship songs often reflect this thankfulness, 
by expressing thanks for the things we receive and recognizing God's character and what he does. Most of us are aware of this. We may not practice it consistently, but we're probably pretty aware, excuse me, that giving thanks is an act of worship. Pardon me. But I want to suggest in these next two points that being thankful goes even beyond what we've talked about so far. Now, you don't have to agree with what I'm going to share now, and that's okay. But I want to at least share it and give you something to think about. Being thankful, point three, reveals heavenly activities. So I have a question for you. What have you done to increase the opportunity for or the frequency of heavenly activity in your life? By the way, if you have questions, um, you can text me. I'll try to give you answers to whatever questions you've got um, that may come out of some of what I'm going to share now. But what have you done recently to increase the opportunity for or the frequency of heavenly activity? Thankfulness is an integral part of worship. Worship is one of the most frequent ways to initiate interaction between the spiritual and physical realms. Why? Because praise and thanksgiving are primary activities of heaven. Heaven does a lot of being thankful. Turn to Second Chronicles. It's right after Kings, for those of you who aren't quite sure where you're looking. Second Chronicles, chapter 5, verse 13. Second Chronicles, chapter 5, verse 13. The trumpeters and singers joined in unison as with one voice to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, his love endures forever. And now look what happened. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Can you imagine Aaron's leading one of these Sunday mornings or Sujin's leading one of these Sunday? And then there's a cloud that shows up at our church or in each of our rooms. Wouldn't be the first time. Praise and thanks resulted in an observable cloud present in the building. Because you see, heaven overflows into the physical realm as a result of praise and thanks. Now, how cool is that? We don't worship to have this observable physical, I mean, spiritual reaction in the physical world. We worship because God is so entirely worthy of being worshiped. But one outcome of worship is that the spiritual realm is engaged. And when heaven is engaged, sometimes its activities do become visible to us. Revelation chapter 7, 
And if you're not looking them up, I encourage you to at least write them down. You can look at them later and look at the context. And all those things are important for understanding what God wants to say to us. Revelation chapter 7, verses 11 and 12. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Angels are consistently engaged in worship, and worship includes giving thanks. And giving thanks and engaging in worship can include the spiritual showing up in the physical world. Many of you haven't got to very much experience um, when Mary leads worship, but when Mary, before she got so sick, when she led worship, she got you in the throne room. She got engaged with heaven, and we could be a part of that. And a number of years ago, uh, we were traveling. There were four of us on a team, and if I remember the location right, I think it was in, in India. And we'd been teaching about hearing God's voice because that tends to be what we travel and talk about and connect people with heaven. And she had a session where she was leading um, worship and intercession. And it was awesome. It was so impactful. And I was just sitting on, on the front row with one of the other members of the team and Mary and a team in, uh, were leading worship. It was just awesome. I had my eyes closed, my hands up, and it was wonderful. And then I get tapped on the shoulder by the member of our team sitting next to me. You know, it's like, oh, you know, what, what's going on? And and so she points up to the stage and I see Mary up there and she like calls me up there. And I'm thinking, wow, babe, you're you're doing a job here. You don't need me up there. But she kept doing it, so I went up there. And she said to me, we just went somewhere else in the spirit, but I don't know where to go. You need to take it. You know, being the holy, wonderful, connected with heaven person that I am, I said, I don't know what to do. You're leading this time. She said, nope, you, you've got it, and you take it. So I'm going, okay, God, you got to help me out. I turned around and we had an open heaven. And of this group of about 250 or 300 people, I saw 40 or 50 angels, just like I see you on the screen today. And they were behind different people. And I said, God, what do I do? And he said, tell them what the angels are doing. So I looked more carefully and the angels had their hands that they reached inside people's heads. I have no idea how this works, but that's what I saw. And so I said, God is bringing peace to people right now. Angels are touching people's minds and bringing peace. And people started sobbing, and and, and it was just a, a wonderful time. So I watched for a couple of minutes, and then the then I saw angels. They reached inside the people's chest. And I said, God is healing people's hearts of trauma. And they started crying and 
and and and letting out you know groans or 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 shrieks of things as God touched their heart. And then I remember seeing the angel touch their shoulder. And God said, God is healing people's right shoulder now. If you have sore shoulder, then move it. And God healed people's shoulders. It all happened because of praise and worship. Opened up heaven enough that heaven became visible and we could see what the Holy Spirit was doing through angelic visitation. Now remember, Jesus' prayer was, on earth as it is in heaven. What if we actually chose to believe that, that God wanted to do on earth, through worship, what's going on in heaven? That empowered and released angelic activity, whether we see it or not, to be in, to do the kinds of things God wants to do in his kingdom. It's really not a surprise that we would see angelic activity during worship and thanksgiving, because that's what they're doing in heaven. The last thing, and, and this may be as most applicable because we can't control whether we're going to see what heaven's doing. We can know it's happening, but we can't see it. The fourth point is thanks, thankfulness is a powerful force. We tend not to think of thanksgiving as having power. It's like, God, give me faith, give me an anointing. But thankfulness is a powerful force. We are generally most thankful when we get something we want or have asked for. And that's good. We should be thankful for that. We've been taught as little kids, hey, you get, you know, you get a little piece of candy or something, you need to say thank you. So that's good. But the Bible tells us that being thankful is so much more than God teaching us to say thank you after we've gotten something. Thankfulness is a force to exchange unwanted emotions and ungodly beliefs for kingdom emotions and kingdom beliefs. And that's kind of a useful time now because there's a lot of fear, a lot of questioning, a lot of uncertainty going on around the planet right now. But what if through thankfulness we could literally change the emotions and the things we think? Philippians 4, 6. You are all familiar with it. You may not know the address, but Philippians 4, 6 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We can extract, we can, excuse me, we can exchange stress and anxiety for peace. Anybody need more peace? We can exchange all this stress or anxiety. I remember when I was working on trying to get rid of worry, God started me with Philippians 4, 6. And I read the first phrase, do not be anxious about anything. And I, and I stopped because it was like, what do you mean? Are you seriously saying we cannot, we can live with not being anxious about anything? 
you know, we have a, a phrase in our culture that says normal anxiety or normal worry, as if somehow we have to have that in order to be normal. And yet God comes along and says, do not be anxious about anything. Okay, so how then do we replace the anxiety and what do we replace it with? The next phrase tells us, but in everything, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Every single time something comes up from stress or anxiety, we can, through dialogue with God and thanksgiving, give them back to God. What if we took Jesus seriously where he said, cast all your cares on me because I care for you? What if we actually took that seriously? And every single time we were commanded not to be anxious and about anything, what if we just decided, okay, God, I'm giving it back to you again. And I know that's not easy to do. I've given things to God hundreds of times and taken them back five minutes later, or 10 minutes later, or half an hour later. But over time, if we practice this, we can not be anxious about anything. Remember, God never tells us to do something that is impossible for us to do. If he said, don't be anxious about anything, it is within our capacity to not be anxious about anything. And the way we do that is through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, saying, God, here's my stuff again. Thanksgiving is a part of our prayer dialogue with God to overcome and defeat stress and anxiety. If we were in one place, I would together, I would say this is a good place for an amen. We can exchange stress and anxiety for peace, even in times like this. Thanksgiving brings focus to what we have and what is available to us right now. Turn to Second Chronicles chapter 20. And while you're turning there, I'll just set it up because it's a whole story. You can go back and read the whole thing later. But basically what's happening in Second Chronicles is that Israel had been invaded again. And that happens to Israel quite often, kind of like us. When we get off track, we open ourselves up to attack. The enemy comes and, you know, plays havoc with us and we get anxious and stressed and we have to learn how to give things back to God again. Well, Israel was in that place. Three entire nations had come and attacked them and were ready to wipe them out. So beginning at verse 20, oh, one other thing about setting it up. Um, the king had gone, uh, the king Jehoshaphat had gone to the prophets and said, what should we do? And the prophets told them what to do. So we pick it up, Second Chronicles 20, verse 20. In the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. That is the whole nation had left. We're going to go fight. We may die, but we're going to go fight. As they sat, they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. Verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness 
as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. I don't know if you've ever read military strategy, if you like those kinds of things, but other than in God's army, nobody puts the band in the front of the war machine. Soldiers with guns do not follow the band, the singers, the flag carriers. But that's what they did here. This wasn't, by the way, the only time this happened, but here's one of them. So these men go out there, the army's behind them, and they say, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. That was the battle strategy. Pretty amazing, eh? Well, what happened? They get to the place of battle, and all three armies had killed each other. They didn't even fight. The only thing Israel had to do was collect the spoils left over from the armies that had killed each other. Is it possible in your life, in a place where you're fighting stress or worry or uncertainty or inadequacy, that as you go to contend with that, when you try to go to the grocery store, you're going to the doctor, whatever it is, that you started it, headed it up ahead of time, giving thanks to the Lord because his love endures forever. Just a thought. We can exchange fear for faith and security. Look, circumstances are going to come and go. They may be very serious, and we're not saying that they aren't. But nothing changes God's love and his expression of love towards us. No virus, no family circumstance can change how much God loves us. No difficulties with finance or trouble with relationships can change God's love and commitment to us. And for that, we give thanks. Fear of the unknown circumstances ahead can be overwhelmed by our thankfulness of God's enduring love, which will bring us a faith and security that cannot be shaken regardless of the circumstances. There's so much power in being thankful. Turn to John chapter 11. This whole chapter deals with um, raising Lazarus from the dead. And there's a lot of interesting things in this story, but I just want to find one little quick thing here. Jesus has gone to Lazarus after his sisters called and said, hey, you know, you got to come. Lazarus is sick and, and Jesus delays for three days and Lazarus dies. And then he he tells his disciples, okay, let's go get up and go to Lazarus. And, you know, the disciples are being normal and saying, well, he's dead. What are we going to do? We can go to the funeral, I guess. And Jesus had another idea. Verse 41 says this. So they took the stone away. Jesus had commanded to the people, take the stone away from the, the tomb. And it's like, Come on, Jesus, he's been in the tomb for three days. This is not going to be a good idea. But he said, take the stone away. Verse 41 of John 11 says this. 
So they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Thankfulness, not only, and uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, then Lazarus comes walking out of the tomb and, or whatever you do when you're wrapped in grave clothes, maybe you hopped out. I don't quite know how one gets out of a tomb once you've been put in one. But um, he comes out and he's alive. We, thankfulness not only gets rid of fear, but increases our faith. When we are engaged in a kingdom lifestyle, we will encounter circumstances that require increased faith. You start to pray for healing. You start to tell other people about how awesome Jesus is. You start to uh, prophesy. You start to live in a kingdom attitude. You're going to have stuff that's requiring increased faith. A thankful heart brings our focus away from the stuff and back to God, his grace, his power, and our access to all of those things. Thankfulness helps us refocus on God. One more. Colossians 1.12. Paul is writing, and he says this in the 12th verse of the first chapter of Colossians. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of life. Thankfulness takes our focus off of us and puts it on God, his character, and his provision. Thankfulness matters for us because it changes what we're looking at. When we are thankful, one of the things we're going to recognize is that we're qualified for an inheritance that is so magnificent, we won't understand it, perhaps not even in heaven, but certainly not while we're here on earth. Thankfulness is way more than saying thank you. It is a lifestyle, an act of worship that reflects heavenly activity and becomes a powerful force in our life where we live in the kingdom of God. Amen? First Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Being thankful is basic for normal Christian living. Just before we transition to um, have communion, I just want to speak a blessing over you. And so, however you're comfortable, but if you're able and willing, just put your hands out in front of you as, as I speak this blessing to you. The men and women of City River, I bless you to possess an attitude of thankfulness, that you will live with gratitude and appreciation for everything Father God has graciously and lavishly given to you. As you walk in a lifestyle of gratefulness, know that it is an act of worship to God and reflects the activity and the power of heaven. I bless your spirit as you declare your thankfulness for the goodness of God that you will receive and celebrate his pleasure and delight for you. May you be encouraged and strengthened in the name of Jesus. Amen.